Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. The text for this morning comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 5. I will read from verse 6, but the uh, verse we will focus on is Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 19. Listen now to God's word to you and to me. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in the heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, before we get to the particular command about stealing, I want us to take a step back and remember the big picture. The Ten Commandments uh, are not restrictions. The Ten Commandments are our act of worship because of all that God has already done for us. The Ten Commandments are not prohibitions. In fact, what these are, are the very foundation which kingdom living is possible. Remember John 10.10, Jesus said, here's the reason why God sent me to earth. And what Jesus told us is that I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And this isn't just existing. This isn't just breathing. This is Zoe life, not biology, bio This is Zoe life, not just surviving, but thriving, living the life as it was meant to be lived. This is the fullness of life, the blessed life. And what what we're told about the Ten Commandments and God's word, Jesus says in John chapter 20, verse 31, these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Again, Zoe life. These commandments aren't restrictions or prohibitions. They are acts of worship because of all that God has already done for us. And these are the foundation to kingdom living. This is how you live the Zoe life that God wants us to live. And the Ten Commandments are the most basic foundation of living the life that God wants us to live. Now, these commands, first four, have to deal with our relationship with God, the vertical relationship. The last six have to do with our relationship with other people, the horizontal relationship. And one of the things about the Ten Commandments is that they are inseparable. You can't take any one out. They all belong together. They, 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 these ten make up the foundation to godly living, Zoe life. The violation of any one of these commandments violates and destroys 
God's Zoe blessed life. Imagine a society where, where there is dishonoring of parents, where murder is rampant, adultery, stealing, lying, coveting. If any of these things happen on a regular basis, you cannot have a society. It is simply impossible to live with the other, with anyone else in relationship if these continue to be violated. Society, communal living, is impossible without the mutual agreement, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to steal from you. I will keep my word. These are foundational principles. In the same way that these horizontal relationships function, the violation of the first four commands No other gods, no idols, wrongful use of the name of the Lord, and honoring the Sabbath. The violation of any of these first four commands makes the blessed life impossible. In fact, the foundation for any of the horizontal relationships is based on our relationship with who God is and what God has already done for us. These are foundational. So now let's take a look then specifically at our particular command, the eighth one, you shall not steal. Now, Martin Luther said, next to your own person, your wife, your worldly goods stand closest to you, and God means them to be secured to you, and therefore commands that no one shall take away any past parts of his neighbor's possessions. Love to our neighbor requires us to hold sacred not only his person, the sixth commandment, and his marriage, the seventh commandment, but also his property, the eighth commandment. But it's not just property God has in mind. What God has in mind is certainly property, but also the person's due, person's dignity, What God has in mind is certainly property, stealing from another property, but also anything that takes away from another's ability to live the full and blessed life. Any act, any engagement that takes away from another to fully live the Zoe blessed life is what God has in mind in our command. Now, given the context of our current culture with Black Lives Matter movement and the protests, it is worthy of reflection that when there's a systemic taking and stealing from any particular people, the ability and the fair chance at living the full and blessed life, that that's what this command is talking about. Of all people, the church ought to lead the way in ensuring that our society is a just society and a fair society for all of God's children. Behind the commandment lies the biblical view of property, of possessions, namely that ownership is stewardship. In order to properly understand our commandment about property and possessions, we need to look at a couple of New Testament passages that informs God's view 
of property and possessions. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, in the Lord's Prayer that we pray all the time, where we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And the, and the foundational understanding is that God provides us with everything we need for the day. James chapter 1, verse 17 tells us, every good and perfect gift is given from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. And the assumption is, the understanding is, that we as Christians assume that everything that we are given, everything that we have is given by God, who gives us good things. And that whatever is ours is only so as God gives them to us through his grace as his gifts to us. And we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, here's the reason why God gives us good things. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 tells us, God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. And here's the key. God blesses us so that God can bless us others through us. Did you get that? God blesses us so that God can bless others through us. When we own something, it is only because God has given it to us through his grace as a gift. And when God gives us an increase in wealth and possessions, it's never to solely increase our standard of living. God always gives some more in order to increase our standard of giving. God blesses us so that God can bless others through us. The peculiar pathology of our time is that we keep making private that which has been given to us to be a blessing to all. Isn't it ludicrous that half of the earth's population lives on less than a dollar a day? Less than a dollar a day when you and I live with so much more. How is that fair? How is that just? How is that right? Could it be that the problem is that we continue to view what God has entrusted to us as to steward so that God can bless others through us. Could it be that the problem is that we're not faithfully stored in God's gifts? That what is supposed to be dispensed to bless others continues to remain with us. Now, let me make a confession. I struggle with this too. Because I like stuff, and I like nice stuff. And the thing is, I want more nice stuff. And the thing about stuff is that no matter how much I accumulate, it's never enough. And at some point, we have to ask ourselves, when is enough enough? How many pairs of shoes do we really need? How many bags? And for me, how many fountain pens? At what point do we have enough so that we can use the rest 
so that God can bless others through us. And I struggle with that because I like stuff. I like nice stuff. You know, Rudy Kipling gave an address to the graduating medical class of McGill University saying, you will go out of here one and very likely you'll make a lot of money. One day, you'll meet someone for whom that means very little. And then you will finally realize how poor you are. God blesses us so that God can bless others through us. The key is to know how to steward possessions without abandoning our hearts to them. Because you see, what what possessions tend to do is it steals our hearts and loyalty. It demands our heart and loyalty. And the issue of possessions and wealth and stewardship was so foundational for Jesus that he simply states in Matthew 6, verse 24, you cannot serve two masters, for you will either be a slave of one and hate the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And Jesus says, look, these are two masters, God and wealth. He didn't say you shall not. He simply states you cannot. Because, you see, people who love God and worship God will steward everything entrusted to them in such a way that knowing what has been given to us is to be used to bless the lives of all of God's children. God blesses us so that God can bless others through us. Or people who put their trust in wealth and possessions. Wealth and possessions dictates how we relate with God and whether we obey or not. And wealth and possessions is insatiable. It's never enough. So what do we do? What's the takeaway? And how do we do this? What's God's recipe for helping us live this properly so that we end up using wealth in a way that honors God and blesses other people. Because either that or wealth will dictate how we relate with God and obey God. And wealth will dictate how we view God. You cannot serve God and money. You will either love the one and hate the other or you will be devoted to one and hate the other. So what's God's remedy for this? Both in the Old and the New Testament, the starting ground is the tithe. What's the tithe? It means dedicating 10% to God, giving God our tithe. Now, in teaching us to let go of the starting point, even 10% of our stuff, God's offering us a habit that's worth cultivating. Stanley Harwas uh, was having a conversation with a rabbi of, of the local synagogue, and they were talking about money, possessions, and such. And the rabbi asked 
Stanley Hauerwas. What, what is stewardship? And Hauerwas replied, it's when the church asks for support for its ministry. And the rabbi asked, do you mean money? And Hauerwas responded, no, not just money, but also time and talents. And this rabbi said something to him that really struck a nerve with Hauerwas. The rabbi asked, you guys ask? Jews are told to give money. If you're a Jew, you give. Simple as that. Because God commanded us to do so. We Christians need to be reminded that giving of our tithes, and that's where it begins, the 10%. That we are commanded to give. And that this process of tithing releases us from the lure that wealth and possession have. We give not for philanthropy, which literally means love of humanity, but rather out of our love and worship of a God who loved us enough to command us to give because God knows that's how God begins to release us from the lure of wealth. And this is our act of worship. You shall not steal. At its most basic understanding, it means not taking anything that does not belong to us, but it means so much more. It also includes not taking away anything that keeps another from living the blessed fullness of life, the Zoe life. God is the giver of all good things. God promises to give us This day, our daily bread and how we relate to possessions and wealth has a direct relationship to how we love and worship God. Love of possessions and wealth is impossible with the love of God. It's either or. Either how we love possessions and wealth dictates how we love and obey God. Or how we love God dictates how we steward God's possessions and wealth for the blessing of all. God blesses us in order that God might bless others through us. The church, the called out ones, have the opportunity to demonstrate a totally contrarian way of living than what the world knows or can even even imagine. Church, love God. Use your wealth and possessions so that God can bless others through you. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you so much for your word, for your teaching. Man, God, I'm the first one to confess. I like stuff. I like nice stuff, and I want more stuff. And I can't ever have enough. The lure is strong. So God, thank you for teaching us the first step in being released from that pool and that lure. Lord, may this church simply do what you ask of us. Start tithing. That's the first step. 
Help us so that, God, you can bless others through us. Lord, we give you thanks. Friends, brothers and sisters, you know, this, all these commands, these foundations, they are for God-believers. These aren't rules for the entire world. These are for God-believers, God-followers. And so the first step you need to make is to make a decision for Jesus Christ and God. And if you've never done so, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And the way you do that is to say with your own words and from your heart to say, God, I submit, I obey. I receive you as Lord, my master. I will do what you ask of me. I give you my life and my heart. And forgive my sins. Help me to live in you. If you've made that prayer, you're going to need a community, a church. And we'd love to be that with you. Now, for the rest of us, God, here's our prayer, who have already made that decision. God, use us. Bless us. So that through us, you can bless others. We want to be that people. We want to be that church. We thank you, God. It's in your son's name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com slash connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.